Jack Riley, Jared Gravato, Dom Ratliff, and Connor Hall. How are we doing today, boys? We've, uh, we've been better. We'll talk about that on the show. Oh, wait, Connor. Hit the on button on your mic. I don't think your mic works, actually. Talking to the mic? Hello. Yeah, your mic doesn't work. We're sharing We're sharing with three mics today. Oh, man. Um, Does mine work? Uh, yeah, you work. I, we found out on Monday this one doesn't work. I forgot about that. Um, all right, so Jared, Jared and Jack, you shared. Dom and... Connor, you share. Wow, this is a massive <laughs> show already. But, you know, it's kind of indicative of our first topic of the day. You know, not for all of us. Um, but a few, a few weeks back, we did our Super Bowl predictions on the show. We, we uh, I think, we all picked Patriots out of the AFC. I went Seahawks, and Jack went Seahawks. Connor, who do you go out of the NFC? I think I took the Saints. But Saints? Oh, you, yeah, you, you go with Saints? Saints? Okay. And then our buddy Dom over here, he went... Hey, a little out of the ordinary. I had, to, I had a heart pick and a brain hey, pick. Well, we're going with the, oh, you with the heart. Yeah, you went with the heart. So we're going yeah, with Dom's pick of Cowboys Chiefs. Seven in the last ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about it. And, but. The Bengals have a longer winning streak. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, so, so we're getting right into this. So the Cowboys at that time, this was right around the time, they win three out of four. They win against Philly. They win in New York. They, they lose to Minnesota, then they go into Detroit, win there, 35-27. Since that point, they've come into New England, lost 13-9. A good game. <laughs> Thanksgiving Day, get embarrassed by Josh Allen. That was the, the one. Bills. That was the one. That was bad. And then last night, a man who me, Dom, and Jack all agreed was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Cowboys go into Chicago. No excuse. I just, get ran all over by Mitchell Trubisky. I was Dom, saying, your opening statement on, on the Dallas Cowboys. Has <laughs> he been sitting with me for the Cat past tongue. almost month now? He was quiet in the group chat for a little bit last night. Yeah. Took him a while to answer. I had to gather, my, gather myself. But this, uh, this man, Jason Garrett, I think is the most useless human in all of sports. And I don't think anybody can prove me wrong when I say that. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can say exactly what he does as a head coach in the NFL. The camera goes on him. An awful lot. No, no play calls, no adjustments, no scheme, no game plan. But isn't it isn't it Kellen Moore, your savior? That has nothing to do with it. it doesn't he call no, the plays? No, it has nothing to do with it. And it just shows how much of a pushover Jason Garrett is, because he's been getting bashed on all social media for not going for it on fourth down. But he went for it like four times last night. So he's finally caving into all the criticism as he's headed out of Dallas. Little, a little too not, late. Not but. this week, apparently. And he, he has to try and save his job a little uh, bit. Like I know it's it's, it's pretty much far from like the, I think the report early in the week was. 
I think Jason Garrett needs to win the Super Bowl to keep his job. Yeah, so that, that was what was said. <laughs> so, uh, said Super Bowl I mean, or bust. It's inevitable, but I just don't know why Jerry Jones won't get. I don't know either. It's, it's like the the Cowboys aren't playing good right now, but they still have a chance in the NFC East. And if you fire your coach and potentially bring like a positive change to the environment, yeah. then. I don't know. I just think it could jolt them a little bit to just even be the be the seven eight, the this, seven and nine yeah, team. This doesn't exactly feels. look like a team that's rallying behind their coach like the, uh, like the Falcons yeah. are with Dan Quinn. I think it's <laughs> pretty much the polar opposite. There's no high fives on the sideline. Yeah, like, um, an awful lot of clapping during one of the. Oh, it was Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup dropped a, a curl on the sideline. I think mm-hmm. or an out route. Um, and then Jalen Smith like threw his water like on, on the back yeah. of someone I forget who it was. Oh it no, I did see that. Even, it wasn't yeah. even anyone relevant to the play. It was just like, come on, yeah. <laughs> just, just soaks his like the, the assistant equipment manager with water. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Dumb, that used to happen to us. Senior year of him and I were the, the water boys for the basketball team. Oh yeah, Jake used to soak us with the water bottles yeah, all the time. It was, it was tough, but. Yeah, it's been a mess to say the least, and uh, the big D, as we like to call it. Uh, you know, I mentioned me, Dom, and Jack all said Trubisky was the worst quarterback in the NFL. And they he, they he lose him last night, and then Connor's pick for the worst quarterback in the NFL, if I remember correctly, it was Sam Darnold. Who the Cowboys have also lost to this season. I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Every time is it deck? It. I could scramble against it's, the Cowboys defense for like 15 yards every play. It's literally wide open. It just doesn't make sense why I'd like every team. It just doesn't make, you see what Skip Bayless commented? Or oh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. The Dallas Cowboys couldn't tackle me. And he's probably right, to be honest. The play... Drip um, Bayless to you. The play where the, the Bears tried to set up a screen was either to Montgomery or Cohen. Uh, and the whole Dallas defense went mm-hmm. to the right, and then it was Trubisky. Like, there yeah. was nothing there, and Trubisky was like, okay, I guess I'll just run. Yeah. Because there was one other guy on the other side of the field and then the Bears ended up picking the first down and going down and scoring. Yep. So that's that could be every play. I don't know why teams don't do it more against Dallas. But it's pretty is, tough is to watch. Is it's tough to watch. Issue, Dom. That is the worst question. Take. question that's just the, the worst take. Question of the why day. Why would Dak be the issue? That just doesn't make why any sense. I, I think Jack has some thoughts on this issue. If Dak's the issue it's so yeah, I'll leave that clear. So Okay, so I'll preface all of what I'm about to say with the fact that Jerry Jones, I thought three years ago should should have been out. Like, no, no one here, no one probably Jones or Garrett. No one, uh, Garrett. Sorry, right. excuse me, Justin Garrett. Nobody on earth probably can argue for his job. So I'm not, I'm not saying Garrett, not a good coach. He's he's part of the problem. He's the majority. Um, no, no, he's not because the problem stems so much further. It's so much deeper than that. You have you have a defense that basically, I mean, not. Okay, so last night when Skip Bayless is tweeting how they miss Jeff Heath, if your team misses a glorified <laughs> special teamer, your team, your roster is not that good. And everyone hyped up this defense, this Dallas defense at the beginning of the year, and turns out their secondary is weaker than everybody thought, which they already thought was going to be weak. There are linebackers. I know Van Der Esch was out, but Sean Lee has looked like garbage all year. And Jalen Smith is one of the most... The Jalen oh, Smith thing, on. he's not... He's so he's freelancing out there, running straight up the gaps. He's the reason why they're able to get outside of half these plays, because he's just... He's just straight bull disagree. rushing the quarterback and makes a play. Oh, you, mm, Jalen Smith has not been not been a positive for the Cowboys this year. And on top of it, the defense, defensive line, you know, they lose Tyron Crawford fine on the interior. 
But, you know, the ghost of Robert Quinn was going to be able to do what he was doing. Like, they were relying on Robert Quinn and Lawrence. And so it's, like, all of this on the defense. And you, know, you see all these tweets. I think, uh, Jared, the field Yates one last night. It's like, wow, Jason Garrett can't tackle. Jason Garrett can't kick, and Jason Garrett can't kick oh, the field goal. It's not his fault that Meyer's out there missing field goals because he, in practice last week, said he wants competition at kicker. Okay, we but can, the general manager said no. Obviously, So that's on Jerry plays, Jones. Individual plays, obviously, you can't I'm talking play. about the game as a whole last night. If you take seasons as a whole, this is all that Jason Garrett. No, Jason no, it's Garrett's not. terrible game plan no. against every team he faces. He has no change in his system at all. If one thing's working, he goes away from it and does the but opposite. But he's not calling any Ezekiel of the plays. Elliott's it's getting Moore. eight yards per run. All right, let's start throwing Kellen downfield on first down. Kellen this Moore no and Marinelli. Garrett's not calling plays on either side of the ball. So, so that, what does he do? But he's Nothing. A, he's a non-useless. Right, so he's a non-factor. So he's, he's not, worthless. He's not the one calling the bad. He's not the one on defense who's you know selling out the blitz, doing things like that. It's not. It's you know it's I'm not saying I'm not arguing for Jason Garrett. I'm just saying that the problem is so much deeper than just Jason Garrett because you know he, he and that's it's on Jer- most of it's on Jerry Jones a lot of it because you know not just the roster construction because he is the GM. I mean, what other owner slash general manager in professional sports has weekly you know locker room you know interviews after the game every single week? He has a radio spot. It's all about Jerry Jones. He's the one who decided to keep Jason Garrett so he can have a puppet and somebody he can control as the coach rather than getting somebody, you know, the, the names that are out there floating around right now for the Cowboys job, whether it's Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, like, there are some A-list names if you want. Like, I don't, I think Josh McDaniels is a bum, but you can, you know, those people want that job. Jones is the one preventing. People are asking why Jason Garrett's, you know, it's, it's not all on Garrett. And la- last night specifically, um, Dak Prescott sucked. He sucked last night. Those stats... They were all like Brady's game in Houston last week. It was all, all the stats were just it was garbage time dump offs to James White. I turned the game off. At halftime, he had a scored on that rush just because I was like, this game's over. Dak didn't impress me. So it was the statement, Sorry, the statement first drive of 17 plays. What was it? 17 plays, eight minutes, something like that. Yeah, and then after that, it was nothing. Dak, I think, finished the half like six for 13. And I'm, I am a. I would consider myself a fan of Dak just because I think he's a quarterback. I think that he's can, good. I I do too. I think he's a quarterback that can create lowercase g, huh? Lowercase g, good. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said this last night, um, I always just bring it back to the Bengals, but like, like <laughs> sorry, we need a little more yeah, Bengals on the show. I know. Well, Jared comes Andy, on after the Bengals. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is like literally the middle. Tier, like the middle quarterback of everything, it's or he like, was. Yeah, yeah. He's as mediocre as yeah. mediocre got. He's yeah, exactly. So I think Dak's like at that point, except the fact that he oh. wait, whoa, whoa, <laughs> yikes! No, you have to listen to this part though. His ability to create with his legs and move around in the pocket makes. In the pocket, makes him that much better. So I think he is like in. He's the top quarter of the league in quarterbacks. Does that make sense? That's it's like Dak isn't gonna go out and he is not going to win you a game because if people remember last year at the start of the season, people were like, Oh, this Cowboys offense is terrible. And then they get Amari Cooper and then they're good. It's like why? Because they need weapons to surround Dak. Dak isn't Patrick Mahomes, Dak isn't Lamar Jackson. He needs he needs bodies around him, t- 
talented guys to make him that much better and take him over the top. But I know Dom, like Dom will defend Dak until the end, and I probably would too, just because I I think he's good and I think he could end up winning something. But their coaching's not good, and like Jack said, their defense isn't. The biggest guy for me is definitely Jalen Smith because everybody expected him to not keep improving. So he had his knee injury, drafted in the second round. Once he finally started playing, it was like, oh, he's back. They just basically got a top 10 pick in the second round. He played good again the next season, and then it's his third year playing, or is it fourth? Third? Third? Fourth. He was drafted in the first year. All right. So this is his fourth year playing, and he's not improving, if anything. I feel like he's declined. Dom, yeah. on the way into the studio today, you were kind of defending Jalen Smith. Yeah, a bit. like he's a good. You want to know why teams can scramble for fifteen yards? It's because their linebackers are running all over the field trying to make the play. But, but, uh, Sean Lee. I mean, you look at what about the any Lee? sort of any sort of analyst that you know the the pro football focus, the all twenty two, and they're they're gonna tell you that Jalen Smith is just never where he should be. He might every once in a while. He might, I think he had a big like pass breakup last night at one point. Like he might three be, in a row. He might, yeah, he might be. Yeah, and that's like there's no nowhere you can really go on the right. Like you can't freelance when the team's on the five yard line. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of you're kind of you're, there's only a certain portion of the field you can literally defend. But I just want to say one more thing. One more thing, uh, and this is on Dak specifically. Um, Beautiful, oh, brother. And, and so again, I say he's he's good. I would say he is borderline like a franchise quarterback. Like, I don't know how comfortable I'd feel with him as like my guy. But like there are far worse options, and he's good. Okay. And I, I agree with I, I, I'm gonna sort of retweet what Jared said basically. But every single game I have it pulled up right here. I, I can't prepare it. Every single game that he has played a good team, a winning record team this year, I will just run through real quick. The Saints quarterback rating of 73, no touchdowns. The next week against Green Bay quarterback rating of 83 through three picks, and then good he point, played yeah. at a 64 rating against the Patriots. It was a 90 against the Bills. Like so. Like, mm. He did throw a pick in that game too, but and then last night, last night at halftime, which is where I really think that game was won or lost. Like the game was over. Yeah, he had a fifty nine point eight rating at halftime. Like good competition. I mean, he has not. He has not played well. He's beaten up on. He had a a one fifty eight rating against the Giants. Eli Manning. He had a one. That was his one. He had a, a one hundred one rating in that game. I was going to get to that. That was the one game where and your linebackers basically blew it. Sean Lee can't cover Kyle Rudolph in that uh, two times. Yeah, we need Van Rush out there. Slap some ice hot in the neck. Play, I think Banner <laughs> played in that game. I don't know. He's been out the last. I think he played against the Vikings. Three weeks. Yeah, that would be Chicago. That was four Buffalo games ago. Yeah, no, that, that was five, five games. games ago. Yeah. So Banner, I'm just, no, I'm just saying like now. And so that's that's what I'm saying is is I've just yet to see it in a big game. All of his past rating games of over a hundred, except for that one game against the Vikings, have been against. And he had two against the Giants. You know, the one twenty three against the Redskins. I mean. He just hasn't. He, so what Jared said, he's not. He's not going to win the game for you. It's and when you're up against other teams, top echelon talent, it's similar to an article I read on um, Bleacher Report actually earlier this week. I think it was part of their like power rankings about Garoppolo. Um, they said something that I think is pretty much um, like the same thing, and it's he hasn't been bad. Like Prescott's had a better year, so they just work with. But they they're good. But when you're playing guys in the playoffs or in big games, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees, he can't win you a game against players like that. That's and that's what it comes down to. Is he and he he's shown that he can't. 
it's kind of like uh, Russell Wilson. Like, if you look at Russell Wilson, this is kind of the bounce-off jack point. I think after the win on Monday Night Football, he has, like, I, I don't remember the exact stat, but his record in prime time. I think he's undefeated. Yeah, he's 8-0 or something like, like that. on Monday Night Football, yeah. something like that. And he scored 37 points. Right? Oh, yeah. It's like he, Russell Wilson will win you that game. He'll throw it to Malik Turner. He'll throw it to Jacob Hollister. These guys are going to make plays for him because Wilson's making those plays at nothing. Like, there were a couple throws over the middle last night for Dak where I was like, oof, just get the ball up in the air a little bit because oh, yeah. I think he short-hopped yeah, short Cobb and Gallup a couple times sure. across the middle. But like I said, I still think he's good, and I still think he could be that franchise guy, but they sh- shied away from the run. Made their yeah, offense more predictable, that's what I'm and saying. that's why that's it's week. just yeah, I know, and that and it's not working. That's kind of just comes back to the whole point that Jerry Jones, <laughs> Jerry it's Jones is more. Jerry Jones is dumb for not letting Garrett go at this point. What what could harm the Cowboys right now if they fired Garrett? Literally, that's nothing. like I'm pretty sure that's what everyone would rather have than have him as head coach. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see one person, even in Dallas, like Dallas newspapers, Dallas, Dallas articles, just and anti. The, the thing you brought up earlier is like, what does he do? As the coach of the team that isn't involved in play calling on either side of the football, well, I mean, he mm-hmm. probably is to an extent, but his job is to motivate the team He's, and like impact the players and every like you see it this he's lifeless yeah he's lifeless on the sideline after the past 10 years they they mentioned it in the broadcast last night yeah. like after i don't know what touchdown it was i think it was it might have been the second alan robinson touchdown so, or the yeah. first one i don't know it was right after half yeah. it was the first touchdown after half and i just remember seeing sean lee's face it looked like he Sam Darnold seeing yeah, ghosts out ghost, there. Yeah. It was unreal. Yeah. And whose job is that to get these players up for that? And then you look at Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Exactly. He has the same expression on his face every week. It's yeah. just uh, it's like he's seeing ghosts. Every and, player of the game, even if we're up. And yes, it is like the players do have a responsibility to perform and get up for these games. Yeah. But also, you have to have a coach that you can like rally around and yes, like, you're be paying, inspired you're by. Paying, he's the like the anti-version of that. You're paying that. him millions of dollars to sit there and kind of like yeah. stare at a wall. I don't... And, and you see like Ron Rivera get fired this week and every single Panthers player is like... Yeah. <laughs> basically like I'd go to war with this guy. And I saw a comment about how any player that was interviewed mm-hmm. about the firing, no one mentioned a single thing about football. Yeah. They all mentioned how like great of a guy he was, how they liked him it's you're more willing to fight and play hard for someone that you like rather Mm -hmm. than some yeah bum who you have no feeling toward or anything yeah i think part of the reason rivera got fired is because he really had nothing to do with the football (laughs) is that he let norv turner call plays but no and i so i agree with all that it's it, Jones uh, garrett jones garrett oh my garrett is part of the (laughs) garrett is part of the problem but I mean, with all of that talent, last night, last night, la- no, 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 no. Last night is that's a must-win. Last night, mm-hmm. full rest, full week rest. They're going against the Bears' defense, let alone the, the Bears' offense, which has been inept all year. Mm-hmm. Except you know, and even against that Bears' defense last week, uh, David Blow, Jeff Blow, he put up eighteen yeah. points. Like that, that, that defense had for a couple times. They had no Roquan Smith, no Danny Trevathan, no, no Prince Amu yeah, Kamara, yeah, and no Akeem Hicks. Yeah. That defense was a shell of itself. And you're telling me that 
and, and again, a lot of it is, you know, part of it's Garrett. Garrett should be fired. But you're He's telling the, me against a defense that's that depleted in a game that you have to win in prime time, with all of that talent around him, Dak Prescott can't elevate. And, like, that that's what a franchise guy does. That's what a top 10, I'm not that's, what, saying, that's what an MVP caliber guy oh does. Is he goes out there and, and he wins that game. And I'm not saying that and Jared he shouldn't right. win that game because he should. But Jared's I'm saying right. the he common says. denominator in the past 10 seasons as the only head coach to stick with his team for the past 10 years to not make the Super Bowl is Jason Garrett. The Cowboys, well, he the Cowboys have not, had he's not some the of the only, most, one the of the most, thing. if not the most talented teams in multiple seasons, well, and they can't win true. at all. Their defense has never been good. I'm saying like they have the weapons to make it somewhere, and they haven't. They've won, what, two playoff games in the past 10 years? I think they've won three. Two or three? Yeah. Either way. The common denominator every season is Jason Garrett. But, no matter who's on the field, no matter who's the coordinator, it's the same head coach that no one wants to play for because he has no life on the sideline. You see John Harbaugh uh, on the sideline at the Ravens game talking to Lamar Jackson, like just like inspiring like the team to like, play with him, play for him, do better. And you see Jason Garrett just like, he's like a kid that's getting bullied on the playground every weekend. He just looks so sad on the sideline. His, he's out to blush in his cheeks that he always has. Lifeless eyes. No no moving of the lips at all. Doesn't call like a single adjustment. Doesn't point anything out. Doesn't throw the challenge flag. Doesn't go for it on fourth down until he's getting ripped apart on national television. It's just, oh, I don't Troy know. Aikman was killing him last night. Yeah, I don't know he's how. Killing Prescott, too, which, yeah. I, which yeah. that was when he was saying all those things about Prescott. And this, like, that's a Cowboys. No, yeah, you like, got Cowboys you legends, like, and Des Bryant, a former Cowboy, just not even in the league anymore, is on Twitter ranting about Jason Garrett every week. Yeah. Like, if you feel the need to talk about a former coach like that on Twitter when you're not even you know, on an NFL team, that, I think, shows something about what kind of a coach he is. Well, I'm I, not I saying about with, his character at all. I'm saying about him as yeah. a coach. I agree with everything. Like, I agree with it. Like, I mean, Mike Tomlin's made a career out of being, like, a cheerleader on the sideline tripping people when they run down the yeah. field like all, like so, like that that's case in point right there but i also think that i mean even with that coach with you know it's like garrett isn't the end-all be-all no i know and i know so he's not he's not all the problem but i think a lot of it stems from him like you're saying like yeah but you're you fire these, him. like missed tackles are not being where you're supposed to be on defense if you have a coach like no, i agree bill belichick john harbaugh even like sean payton up like, there's just things that you do, like, subconsciously that... The special the, teams. Is a yeah, too. special teams, too. It's, like, in the culture of your franchise that, like, make a difference, even if it's not, like, black and white. Well, and so I think that the only thing that's... My, my whole thing is they're going to fire Garrett, and they might get a sugar high, like Jared pointed out. They might, you know, win two out of... Like, they might get to 9-7 and seven and snag snab the NFC East, Somehow. but that's not going to fix. No, I know. That's not going to... Like, they... That roster is just not good enough you know the the quarterback against good teams they haven't been good against good teams like it's just that whole thing is just not a recipe for success and the coach is if you want to have like a a, a blame pie like a pie chart kind of thing the coach is a big slice but it's like there are so many other things that i mean and i agree it's just like it can't like that that's one of the things i just i hate most is just the, the scapegoating of the coach like yeah. i don't know if that stems from like oh, the yeah. frank Cohen firing with, with the red Sox. like i don't like and like again, like certain times that does fix it. You know, you get a sugar high. You know, you run, you run through a wall for him for thirty games oh, you know, yeah. and whatever, and you make the playoffs. But like they, they can't. They, they don't. That's it's not just Jason, Jason Garrett. It's the Jason Garrett type. It's that yeah. type 
that's just and again that's the reason why jerry jones has him is he's not gonna fight he's not gonna fight back you know he's not he's just gonna be gets his orders gets like and that's that mm. and so i mean that's and then so that's on jerry jones to change yeah and so yeah i just think that this is like i think this is like the first step that a team should take to like restarting like their culture and franchise and i think this is like something that could have been done like five years ago and yeah. we're still talking about it today I with agree. like a whole new roster of fresh like people that are guys that are like in their prime like entering their prime right now we're wasting years with a coach that we knew didn't have it five years ago i mean you could say that's been that's just not just even the jason garrett era like that evidence stems back to wade phillips tony romo yeah. Like in this, it's so it's not. That's my point. It's not just Garrett. You know, it's that it's the whole culture yeah, exactly. of the Cowboys, which, is like, which we're just might su- might suck to hear. But like, it's the, that whole organization's culture and just like, it's like they they need a fundamental change there. Yeah. Like Jerry Jones has to change, or they, like they're not gonna they're not gonna go anywhere because he's just gonna either it's gonna be something in the media. Like there's just mm-hmm. there's never an end. Like this morning, he was going off on the radio host. Did you guys see that? He was calling like. They asked him, like, were you embarrassed by this loss or whatever? He was telling him, like, you got to fix yourself up or before you talk to me or something like that on, on, like, the radio or something. He was going off on him, but, yeah, so, it's, a, it's a mess. Cam. It's a happy. mess. Yeah. So, with that being said, Dallas now sits at 6-7 and seven atop the, the NFC. Think East. about that. Still yeah. chance. It's, week, it's week 14, 15. Your Eagles six are wins. Uh, still yeah. under us. They wouldn't, be in the, they wouldn't even be in the playoff conversation if they were in any other division in football. Yeah. Like, that's how bad they've been. So, the da- Dallas Cowboys sit at 6-7. and seven. The Philadelphia Eagles at 5-7. and seven. I think they play two weeks. They play the Giants on Monday. I think, I think they play each other in two weeks, though, right? The uh, second to last game of the year. Yeah. So, Dallas... They're half game ahead of them in terms of standings, essentially a game and a half because they have the tiebreaker. So this division pretty much comes down to that game. Who do you guys like in the NFC East? I still say Dallas just because of all the injuries that the Eagles have in the secondary and the receivers have just not been good this year. I would also say that Eagles lost to the... Say that Eagles lost to the Dolphins. It's kind of like... Like you can't really like. Mm. Yeah, I say I say uh, Cowboys as well. As much as I hate to do it, the Eagles are gross. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a Carson Wentz fan. <laughs> he missed a lot of throws on like the last two games, particularly. He's been tossing. Them. I feel like he's missed his receive like wide open receivers by like ten yards above their head. Jack, is our Carson Wentz take gonna make it into the final segment of the show? We are on a sinking ship. Uh, I, think, has, I think I might have to slip out one in there. He's been better than Foles, but he has that doesn't say anything. Connor's still here, by the way. Connor, I am. Who, who do you like in the NFC East? Um, sadly, <laughs> Cowboys. I mean, yep. they still got the. I don't know. It. They got the odds to win that. I mean, they still got the roster to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not a big Wentz guy. Um, <laughs> they're looking like uh, they're doing better, but they're still dumpster juice. I'm not with them right now. <laughs> Yeah, right. I agree with everything. And with that being said, the Dallas Cowboys took us a whole 30 minutes today. That's, that's wow, a record that, for the show. That says something. So we're going to head into our first break. We'll be talking Patriots on the other side. I'm Cam Beal, and we'll be right back. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, or an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. 
poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222. Anytime, anywhere. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH, Durham. Have you ever used a power drill to eat an orange? Ha! <laughs> I didn't think so. You have to use the right tool for the job. An antibiotic is the wrong tool to treat viruses, including colds and flu. Antibiotics are only needed for a certain bacterial infection. When they aren't needed, antibiotics won't help you, and the side effects could still be harmful. Ask your healthcare professional when an antibiotic is the right tool and when it's not. Visit cdc.gov forward slash antibiotic dash use. A message from the CDC and your friends at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Are you worried about emergency medical services in and around Durham? Don't worry. McGregor Memorial EMS is there for you. McGregor EMS is the primary 911 service for the community and have been for the past 50 years. They have seasoned EMS professionals, an advanced life support team, and the necessary pieces of equipment for any situation. They also have ongoing education and training services as well. If you have questions or want to learn more, stop by 47 College Road in Durham, New Hampshire, or online at www.ncgregoremes.org. This message was brought to you by McGregor Memorial EMS and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Hey, hey, what's up? I'm struggling with installing this app for my class. Can you give me a hand? Uh, I'm not really good at that stuff either, but... I just went down to the ATSC, and those guys hooked me up. Nice. ATSC? Where is that? Uh, Diamond Library. It's the uh, third floor. It's the same floor that you enter in on. Head to the back right. You can't miss it. Nice. I'll check it out. You should. They've helped me out with a bunch of different issues I've had over the years, like Wi-Fi, app installs, email configuration. They pretty much do it all. Wow, okay. That's pretty awesome. But what about my phone? Yeah, and laptops and tablets. Are they expensive? Nope, it's already paid by your technology fee. Seriously? That's awesome. Yeah, right? Anyways, uh, I gotta get to class. All right, I'll catch you later. I'm gonna head down there now. This message is brought to you by the ATSC and your friends at 91.3 FM WUNH Durham. Eighty-six percent of dads spend more time with their children today than they did with their own fathers. But most fathers agree that they could be more active and involved parents in their children's lives. To find out more, call 1-877-4DAD-411 or visit www.fatherhood.gov for parenting tips, fatherhood programs, and other resources. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM, W-U-N-H, Durham. I know you. You're perfect. 
I mean, you'd never tell me that. You're humble and perfect. You like everyone, even your untidy roommate's weird ferret. <laughs> but wait, are you texting and driving? No, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Texting while driving makes good people look bad. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. This message is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the Ad Council, and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH, Durham. Back to Wild Chat Sports here on a Friday afternoon. I'm your host Cam Beal. We have our setup today isn't our our usual setup. We have five of us in here. I'm alongside Jack Riley, Jared Gerbato, Dom Ratliff, and Connor Hall. So there's five of us with three working mics. We got Jared like laying all over Jack in the corner trying to talk into the mic. Connor and Dom are sharing over here. Not a, not a great setup, but you know we're here. Final show of the semester. We just got done talking Cowboys for like a half hour, which I didn't think would ever happen in this on this show. But let's jump into the Patriots. The Patriots took their second loss of the season last week in Houston by a final 28-22. Tom Brady threw for 326 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Dak Prescott, 234 and three touchdowns. Sean Watson, not Dak. Did I say Dak Prescott? Yeah. See, I can't get him out of my head. Sean yep. Watson. And uh, this is a game where the Patriots offense pretty much non-existent the entire way. But for some odd reason, it gave me hope. Because this is the second week in a row we've seen Isaiah win back with the team. And I was skeptical of how much of an impact he would actually have because he's, like, never actually played in the NFL. He's small for his position. He should be a guard. But they're playing him at left tackle. So I was skeptical as to what Isaiah win would actually bring to the table. He comes back against Dallas. You see a little bit of an uptick in the running game with Sony Michelle. You see him again in Houston. Um, Sony Michelle, another good day. James White, another good day. A lot of it was receiving, but another back-to-back games where the Patriots are kind of figuring things out on the ground, but suddenly yeah, the passing game hasn't been great all year, but suddenly probably one of our worst passing passing days of the season. And the Patriots, what was, what was the score before that final touchdown? It was like 28-15. So let's say 28-15 final, because that last touchdown doesn't count. And they almost get the onside. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon yeah. Baldwin doesn't have butterfingers. Exactly. So... This is a game all that money. (laughs) The game where the offense kind of looked non-existent, if you want to say that the entire way, except for the running game. But it kind of gave me hope moving forward. Jack, what were your thoughts on the game? It, it was, it sucked, man. They, it, that Patriots offense is that they're tough to watch. They, they cannot possession to possession. They can't move the ball. If they're not getting a short field or some sort of like random, you know, big pass interference call, like they're not doing the whole. 75 15 play drive that like, they're not they can't do that well early on in the game it was like especially in the first quarter we saw the run game working like they were running all over the field and yeah, then they, they just kind of got away from it later in the game they went away from it too yeah soon. Like, then they were down so it was like you can't really run yeah exactly right i felt like they, they got away from the running game too soon though because obviously this is a team hasn't been able to run all year haven't been able to like really utilize the play action like they have in the past like that playoff run last year 
and they finally get the running game going in a game where the passing just clearly isn't there, and then they get away from it, and which I didn't understand at all. But the reason the reason I kind of have hope move, moving forward is because who is it, who is it that said this week that the Patriots are going to bring someone in? Was it Deion Sanders? That makes no sense to me because why would you bring in somebody new when you already have well, you already have a group of receivers that has no clue what they're doing because they're mostly new. So why would you bring in another new piece to that who also doesn't know what he's doing? That no makes idea. no sense to me. And so I think moving forward, I think... I mean, it's now five days after that. No one has come in. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, he was just I wasn't giving spewing. any. I wasn't giving any stock to that, but I think just the idea that... They have he, enough there. The, exactly. The Des Bryant speculations flying. Yeah, get, get that he's out toast. of here. Because you have, like Jack said, the talent's there. You have Julian Edelman, who's a number one receiver. He's not Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins, but he's a number one receiver in this league. You have Mohamed Sanu, who's a number two. Philip Dorsett, a number three. So the talent's all there. And Dorsett, is he the second long? He's the second longest tenured receiver, right? As, besides Edelman, that guy was absolutely lost on Sunday. He's a meathead out there. Like yeah. literally, like it looked like Brady was throwing to nobody all day every time he threw to Dorsett because Dorsett was just never where he should have been. Yeah, like the camera pans over after Brady throws in. There's just literally nobody around because Dorsett has no clue what he's doing out there. I mean, and yeah. they have a first round pick. At, like, yeah, exactly. Gary, and they have James White, who they finally actually utilized this week. And so it's like there's there's enough there, and it's just if I had to see Rex Burkhead get like one more snap, I was like, this. Why is he on this I, team? I honestly think the whole issue with the skill positions is kind of overblown. I feel like. I feel I, Brady doesn't trust the young guys, and he. I feel like to some extent he doesn't really give them a chance. It's his fault. Yeah, yeah. like Harry was a first round pick, and granted, receivers come into the league and struggle at first, but you have to give him a chance and let him like throw the ball to him for him to go and make plays. Nikhil Harry was only targeted once on Sunday. Yes, exactly. It's no, we need Antonio Brown back. It's like, no, stop. Just throw it to the guys on your team right now. Don't worry about that. And Brady needs to play better as well, too. And I think part of the like his hesitation to throw to the guys like Myers and Harry and Sanu, who's also new, it makes the offense that much worse. I think they should just play like they have all the weapons that they supposedly need. And I'm not saying that this is the best receiving core in the world, but they're not bad enough to the point where everybody's like, oh, this needs to, they need to shake things up. They need to get a whole new receiving core. Like, Mohamed Sanu is a good receiver. They traded for him. And he was used in the Ravens game pretty much. That's it for the most. Yeah, he had three catches on Sunday, five yeah. targets. And Edelman's, Edelman's Edelman. Should have gotten Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> Edelman's Edelman. Sanu's solid. Myers hasn't really shown anything to prove that he's like a liability on the yeah, field. He's been like, fine. if anything, he's probably better than Dorsett at this yeah. point. He's been Ben Watson. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll catch it when you throw it to him. And exactly. the issue, the only real issue with their skill positions is that they don't have like that big body like Gronk. We talked about this in the offseason how him retiring would affect the team. It's they don't have that guy that they want to double team, and then that that turns to Edelman. But are you really going to cover? the slot receiver that's going to get three yards every play. I mean, obviously that's hyperbolic, but I don't know. They just, I think that part of portion of it's overblown. And another reason for that is you watch them last year in the playoffs. They literally just ran through teams. 
They didn't need Antonio Brown. They didn't need AJ Green. They didn't they need never Devontae have. Adams. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's I don't know why it's suddenly becoming an issue for Brady now. Is it because he's old? Crusty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't been playing. But. And the other part of it too is the coaching. Like, that's on Josh McDaniels. Like, you you're paying him. He's the probably the highest paid coordinator in football to get him off the plane to go to Indy, and he's out there. Like, he can't draw plays. Like the, the play calling, you know, they go away from the run. Like, you you're paying him all that money. You talk with the coach. Like, he's and again, I think he's a total pud, Josh McDaniels personally. But I mean, you go down there. It's also, I guess, part of it on Belichick. But and you get he got they got out coached by Bill O'Brien. Which you never thought you'd see. Oh yeah, never. Let alone Bill, get an outcoach Bill Belichick, but like Bill O'Brien outcoach anybody. I mean, he's he's a little bit gutsy, like that fourth down play against the Chiefs when they went for it a couple weeks ago, and that I mean that double triple pass thing with Watson, the throwing the catching the touchdown, whatever they, however it worked in that game against the Patriots. I mean, he had he was ready, and they went the Patriots went down there. They had no wrinkles, and you think if they actually have the offense they claim they do, like the sucks like they, they, they claim that's when all of a sudden you start throwing screen passes you start the trick plays come out like where is if it's that bad and you have to scheme like where's the scheme where are the plays you know what I mean like where where is the stuff to that's bill belichick's like forte is just to to out scheme people and like it's like where is all that? like i feel like that's kind of skated by a little bit too is the, the coaching's been garbage <laughs> One of the things that uh, I think the broadcast brought up on Sunday night was how McDaniels was saying, well, we kind of have to take the play calling back a notch because we know what this defense can do. It's like, what does that mean? Are you just not going to score 40? You want it, you'd rather score 20 points than 40 <laughs> points because play play the defense is good. Yeah, it's like, we need, we got to play it safe. I'm going to take the day off you, because we have a good defense. You, so can't, you can't play it safe in the NFL. No, it's, yeah. You're, you're going to get exposed some way or another. Like, playing it safe results in a punt and then the offense then the other team has the ball they're on offense they're driving down the field tiring out your offense and then you get duke johnson on a out route covered by kyle van noy and he scores a touchdown and then the patriots will get the ball back play it safe because you know the defense is the defense Mm -hmm. and then that defense will have to be back out on the field i don't care how good you are you're going to be tired at some point and you're not going to be able to play at the same high level. Yeah, that's one thing on the broadcast I'm really sick and tired of hearing. I've been hearing Collinsworth say it all season, or almost been saying it, Aikman's been saying it. They all say it. It's Every time the Patriots bring out the punting unit, it's like, it's like, oh, well, this is just how much trust Bill Belichick has in the defense. It's like, like no, the offense just smells, and they can't they can't get a first down. They're not coaching to punt it. Yeah, like, like, are you trying not to score points just because you think your defense is going to yeah. score? Also, that defense... A little bit of fool's gold. Didn't look good. Uh, <laughs> Did they? I mean, the past couple, like, just not it. Not it. I mean, they, they're good. It's inconsistent now. But though. I think that, like, I mean, you go into those, like, the, the Ravens game, like, those t- those kind of high-tier teams you played, they're averaging, like, somewhere between 20 and 24 points. Like, that's good. Like, against the top, those top teams, if you're only giving up that many yeah, points, it's fine. It's not bad. But... They're not going to be out there like some of those, those Seahawks defense. Like they're, they're not that like game changing that they were um, against you know Josh, not Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and uh, mm-hmm. all the Colt McCoy, all the stuff they played earlier in the year. And so I mean, if if they're even if they're only giving up mid twenties, which is like that's good against like because last year Pages had a good defense and Mahomes. We'll see this week, but Mahomes 
put up 38 or whatever it was on them. And they put up 40-something in the game they played here in Foxborough and during the regular season. So it's like they're better. But if your offense, if they're going to score, Bray's going to put up 17 every week. Like, they're not, they're not going to win. And what makes the defense look even worse is at the beginning of the year, it's like, all right, first half of the year, easy schedule. We'll run right over everyone. And then the second half, you have... You have Dallas, you have Houston, Kansas City, Philly. Like, we thought these were all going to be good games. Baltimore might be the only good team out of that bunch right now because Philly's garbage. Dallas is a mess. A mess. Houston, right now, yeah. not nearly as good as we thought they'd be. They came in. They, we went to Houston. They, they beat played, us. They, yeah, they played good. There. They played well last week, yeah. but before last week, they did not look that great. I think Baltimore beat them like 40 something to six or something. Yeah. Or something like that. Right. And. Then the Chiefs, I don't have the most confidence in. We'll get to that in the next segment. But yeah. Baltimore might be the only good team out of that bunch right now. And the defense Maybe. just hasn't looked good. Uh, this is the first time I've watched Tom Brady in a season, and I'm not confident in his short game. Like, the quick slants that he'd always get completions, uh, quick curls to the outside to get out of bounds, stop the clock. I don't see those plays happen nearly as much as yeah. he's always been known to do. I don't know if it's miscues between him and the receivers that he can't get those quick routes to happen as perfectly as they should be over the middle. I don't know if they're doing an easier uh, offensive scheme that defenses are just reading what they want to do now. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's the first time I've ever been scared, almost scared to watch the offense play. Yeah, and the Pats. I think a big factor in this is Jared mentioned it earlier. It's something that kind of is kind of has been getting glossed over all season long is the loss of Rob Gronkowski because all season it's like, oh, they don't have enough talent and receiver. It's the offensive line. Brady's getting old. But nobody's talking about Gronk being gone. Gronk was such, even in the run game at the end of last year, he was one of your best run blockers. And in the passing game, defenses were forced to double him over the middle because he was such a force, like especially in the red zone and situations like that. And now you don't have that. Mm-hmm. Now you have Edelman at your number one receiver. And you have James White. Those are probably your top two receivers yeah. right now. Having uh, Gronk and Edelman being double teamed most of the time gave the opportunity for new receivers to also get a more exactly. open look. And that's why and James White was so prevalent in the in the past game exactly. because you yeah. had to you had to double Gronk. There was no other option. And now you don't have that, so you have to. Teams are probably covering double covering Edelman now, exactly. giving him a little more coverage or James White. And yeah. so that's why Edelman hasn't really had a drop off in terms of production, but in terms of James White, I think. Gronk being gone is something that's not being talked about nearly enough. Yeah, it only can hold that position down with the double team. He's exactly. been facing it before, but all these new kids are not getting easy opportunities that they would have gotten with Gronk on the team still. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so we just kind of recap past Texans this past week. Let's move ahead to, what are we now, week 14? Something like that? Yeah, week 14, we'll say. Something like that. So we're, yeah. we're moving ahead to week 14. The Chiefs are coming up to Foxborough, AFC Championship rematch. The Chiefs beat the Raiders last week by a final 40-9, to I believe it was. Pats come off a loss, 28-22. Jared, what are you looking for this week in Foxborough against the Chiefs? So, that was pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> this we're, my... we're swinging mics between three people right now. <laughs> so, this weekend, I want to see... Obviously, we just talked about how the focus has been on the Patriots' offense. I want to see that offense try and compete with the Chiefs' offense because Jack already mentioned how the Patriots' defense has been exposed a little bit. Like, they had... Everybody talked about early in the season how their schedule wasn't that tough, and they're right, but they're still a top-five defense in the league. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't think that's going to stop Pat Mahomes from putting up 25. So do you, the Chiefs' defense isn't particularly good, but if the Patriots' offense goes out there and scores 30 points, I think fans around New England should have a little more confidence in this team, uh, in, their, in this team and their chances of going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, me personally, I'm very, very confident heading into this week. I... So, you, well, I guess we'll do pretty Yeah, you're low on the Chiefs. I'm very low on the Chiefs right now. <laughs> I don't think they're not nearly the same team as they were last year in my eyes. I, I don't know what their defense is. What, what is it about? I think I think they have – I don't know what they were last year. I don't have those numbers, but their rush defense is 30th in the league. Oh, yeah, I, their defense is not good. They're going better, though. Their secondary is not – their secondary – their pass defense is 16th in the league, so they're fine. But the rush defense, I think, is literally non-existent. I think the Patriots are going to be able to run the ball for the third week in a row, and I think things are really going to start to get in a groove in that aspect, which will open up everything else like we saw last year. So that's what I'm hoping for in terms of the rushing game. And in terms of their offense, yeah, they have the third passing offense. Whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll gloss over that. But they have the 24th rushing offense, which... So rushing on both sides of the ball has been an issue for them, and they're hurt too. Yeah, and they're gonna have to, like, they're gonna have to pass the ball against Stephon Gilmore, and they're gonna have to find other options to win than the ways that they have because they haven't faced a secondary like this yet. What dump? Uh, sounds a lot like week before Baltimore. I think uh, I think you're uh, underselling on the Chiefs a little bit. Um, like you were saying about their pass defense that has gotten better. They're second in the league right now against, like, the slot, which is mainly, like, the Patriots' offense throwing to the slot receivers. So, I don't know. I think it could be more of a game than you're making it sound to be. Oh, it probably will be. But they're probably going to lose by 30. (laughs) I I agree with Dom. I don't think – I think the Patriots are going to lose. They're not – they're not – with the current state of the offense, they just can't keep up. They're not going to be able to keep up. I don't think they're going to score enough. Like, even if, like... Oh, the even Chiefs if the, still put up 30. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, well, Brady's not putting up 30. When's the last time they've put up 30 I think this year? For the, I, I think for the I, Pats to win, they have to make a big special teams play. Either it be a return or a block or something like that. That's the thing I hate about this team is we're always like, oh, they got to make a play on defense. They need the special teams to step up. It's like, they don't even oh, have a kicker. I don't, don't want to keep relying on Devin McCourty to get a touchdown to win a game. <laughs> but um, in terms of the defensive scheme against the Chiefs. We saw back in like those 2014 years when they had Grievous and Browner, they, they, I don't know if they're still doing this now. I just remember specifically in that year, they would put Revis on the number two guy, get Browner and help over the top on the number one guy. How do you think they attack Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill going into this week? Do you think they double one of them? Which one do you think Gilmore gets? Pass that mic over to Jared. Yeah. So last year in the AFC Championship game, uh, Belichick bracket coverage Tyreek Hill. So essentially there were two guys just on either side of Hill making sure that he wasn't going to beat them over the top or beat them to the like sideline to sideline. Do you know if they had Gilmore on him? Um, no, I think it was McCourty and Chubb okay. that did the bracket coverage. So I'm not sure how they plan on handling Kelsey, but I think that Hill will still get bracketed. Um, they might change it just because Belichick is going to assume that Reed will try and scheme out of that. But the the biggest the biggest guy for me is Kelsey because if Gilmore is not on Hill and they do that bracket coverage, Gilmore is going to be on Sammy Watkins, and I'm not like you should be scared of that matchup. 
in my opinion. Just Do you think point. they try and put Gilmore on Kelsey? Or is that just out of the picture for you? I think they could. It's it's just like danger zone because yeah. he's he's so big. I, I, I don't like the idea. This is just like a personal thing for me, but I don't like the idea of putting corners on tight ends. Because Gilmore's I know that, like relatively big for a corner, though, isn't he? Obviously, he's not Travis. Yeah, Kelsey's that, that, side, yeah, he is. He's. I'm pretty sure he's like six feet, something like that. He's not like a Brandon Browner. Yeah, he's like not lo- like I. Would and Kelsey, get- Kelsey's not a Jimmy Graham where you can push him. Like Kelsey's gonna get. You know, what I mean? like you, yeah. the game they came here, um, the Saints did when they had Jimmy Graham and Akeem Tlaib just like took him out. Like you're not doing that to Kelsey, yeah. even with the top corner. I, I know it's stupid because they do like. He boxes, he boxes him out in the end zone and gets the rebound. But, like, the basketball analogies are true, for especially for a position of tight end because they're so much bigger than the guys that typically cover them. That's why there's a lot of mismatches of linebackers and safeties on them because linebackers are too slow, safeties are too small. And the corners, are they go on the side of the too small. So I think that, like, are you going to double Kelsey and Hill? <laughs> like oh dear <laughs> yeah that's why I <laughs> leave everyone else open <laughs> yeah that's that's why my thing to watch was if the Patriots uh, offense can keep up because I think no matter what this Chiefs the Chiefs are going to score points and they're going to try and take away their number one and two option which are Hill and Kelsey so it might be a big Sammy Watkins LaShawn McCoy like yeah McCole Hardman game like that but they have a lot of speed and I think I think the defense is going to look uh, vulnerable again this week. It it just depends yeah. on if the offense can get it going against the bad Chiefs defense. Like I would sure. almost, I would almost like put Jonathan Jones and like like Harmon on. Like I would just like double Hill because like Jonathan Jones has been not only the speed thing, but he's been like probably one of the top five slot corners in the league this year. And I'd probably throw Walk. I'd throw um, Gilmore on Walk and just like just like make him a non-factor. Like don't have to worry about him. Like that's what I would like because I don't think Gilmore one on one is able to. I don't think he's going to be able to really do much, put much of a dent on Tyreek Hill. Like he's just not fast enough. Yeah. So I mean, if you put Harmon or you put someone over the top, and you have a fast slot guy, like that might be able to, you know, at least like mitigate. Like they're not going to take him out regardless. But like I feel like you're less opt to get burned on a big play than you are just like the straight one on one with Gilmore. That's how I look at it. I'll just keep it deep safe. Uh, deep safety, shift him to the side wherever Hill is and just look over. If not, you help to the middle with Kelsey. That deep safety just needs to help. Yeah. One. I wouldn't I wouldn't double up Hill, to be honest. No? I would just do the deep safety that overlooks and shifts to the side. Just kind of help over the top. Yeah, I wouldn't even double him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they're in trouble because none of their linebackers can cover. And so if you're going to stick not Patrick Chung... On Travis Kelsey and Chung's exactly. been Chung's been like their worst player on defense this year. He's been brutal. Yeah. Like he's just the only like physical guy with any sort of size in that secondary. Like outside of like, I, I, I think if we maybe act- it's maybe a big JoJuan Williams like yeah. <laughs> welcome party <laughs> guy. Guy's like six eight or some. Like, he's not actually six eight. Like he's he's huge. Imagine that if he was. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe we, get on the field. If our defense lacks this game, it's gonna be in the middle. I'm pretty sure with Kelsey and I think the run game too. Yeah. I think I think they can tear us apart if they play it right, if they have the right scheme approaching us. That and I think this is actually gonna be a shootout. I think this is where Pat's offense starts doing good against this Chiefs not That's very good defense. I think it's gonna be a shootout. I still think 
I honestly think Chiefs are going to win this. I'm scared for yeah. this one, but I think it's going to be a shootout. I think this is where Brady starts putting pieces together, maybe fitting a scheme against this bad defense. Good shootout. That's my prediction. Beautiful. Uh, if it's a shootout, I think it'll be a one-sided shootout. I, I can't see the pass. Is, is, is there such thing as a one-sided shootout? Just like, just, yeah, blowout. That's, that's a blowout. It, it'll, be, it'll be a blowout before it's a shootout. I don't see the Pats offense scoring more than 17 points as a unit together. But uh, this kind of just uh, came into my mind when Connor was talking about how he'd just have the safety over the top for Hill. I think the reason that they will double Hill instead of Kelsey, like something like that, is just because Kelsey runs a lot of curls in the middle of the field. Like you were talking about, their chief will start working in the middle of the field against their line. People start working in the middle of the field against their linebackers. And if they leave Hill one-on-one with, like, maybe a safety, and it's like, cool, it's a safety, he's looking out for it. But he is so fast. He's so fast. It, does, it like, doesn't matter. And Mahomes has the best arm in the league. So it's like, all right, just, <laughs> just run and I'll throw. So, like, you, yeah, exactly. That's why I think that they will end up putting more of their focus on Hill because he, he has a greater ability to – score right away than Kelsey does because if you think about it like this, the more plays that um, the Chiefs run without scoring a touchdown, it's the more chances there are to create turnovers for like the Patriots defense that's been good. So if it's check down after check down to Kelsey or McCoy or uh, Damian Williams, whoever's out there, instead of the 50-yard touchdown bomb to Hill, it's still 0-0 instead of 7 nothing. And we've been talking about the Patriots secondary, but you mentioned there the arm strength of Patrick Mahomes, and that brings me to how do you think the Patriots scheme up kind of the front seven? Do you think they do you think they play a little more conservative, really focus on the receiving core of Kansas City, try and lock down Kelsey, try and lock down Hill, or and give Patrick Mahomes more time in the pocket where he's been so dangerous, where he can scramble out of the pocket, wait for his receivers to get open, make a play, or do you think they go? kind of blitz-heavy, try and force Mahomes to make a play early instead of letting him kind of scramble and improvise like he's been so good at? Well, where do you guys think the Patriots go in terms of that aspect? Um, if I was them, I'd honestly sit back beginning of the game at least, make yep. him make the plays. If he's making them, we're getting burned on routes and everything. Then, yeah, you start applying some pressure. See if he... Force him to get the ball yeah, a little sooner. Yeah, but he's been so good with that. Honestly, I just... Think of a good defensive scheme back up on uh, receiving routes and see if he can make the plays against this good defense that we claim to have. Yeah, so, you, so you, you're just kind of the mindset. You focus on the receivers. Mahomes going to do whatever. Mahomes going to be Mahomes. He, so he's, focus on the people you can mim- minimize. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jared, what are your thoughts on that? Sorry, I was looking so no, it's okay. What was it? Um, do you think the Patriots go more blitz-heavy in this game, force Mahomes to make a play early, or do you think they play more conservative, focus on their receivers, and let give Mahomes more time to kind of improvise? Um, I would probably say I think they'll typically go with the four-man rush and then maybe bring another one of the linebackers like Van Noy or Hightower just because they know like both of those guys could be considered kind of a, a liability in coverage. So if you bring those, just five five guys up the middle, man-on-man man with their offensive line, 
and then have everybody else drop back in coverage. It still creates a little bit more pressure, but they'll still have most of their secondary, which I think you have more trust in than your actual um, your blitz packages and your pass rushers, just based on how this year has played out. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I, I think I think Belichick sees the same thing. And they're you know gonna, what they say, Jared? Two mind, uh, great minds think alike. But um, Dom, Jack, any lasting thoughts on the Patriots this week before we head into break? Um, no, I just kind of I think it's going to be a game. Let's go with some predictions. Mine's on. Prediction? Give us a score. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll hear your prediction. Um, Stay quiet over there, Jack. 27-20, Chiefs. You said it was going to be a blowout. I, yeah. said, I said it's more likely to be a blowout than a shootout between them because okay. I don't see the Patriots hanging around for a shootout. But Jack, who do you like this week? I got uh, Chiefs 34, 23, 20. Yeah. 34, 23? Sure. All right, Connor? I thought about giving them more points. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to do Chiefs probably 34 also. And then Pats like 28-ish. Close. Close. Yep. I'd like to see a 29. Yeah. What is it, what, what's it called? Uh, what? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 sweet. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, have you seen, what, what is it called when it, it's like a certain score that's never happened? It's, uh, have you seen it on Twitter? No. There's like a whole page this guy does about like when certain scores in the NFL happen that have never happened before. Oh, really? I'll look you it up. We'll, we'll get back to you after the break. All right, Jared. Um, I think I'm going to go 33-30 Patriots. Uh, a lot because um, they're at home. I think that hinges on it. I mean, playing in New England is just tough. Um, I'm going to go 27-24 Pats. All right, we got the confirm. It's called Scorigami. So Scorigami. Maybe we'll get a Scorigami this week. <laughs> is that like an actual thing? Or did you yeah, no, it's stuff? a real thing. Scorigami. Right, Look he up. made it up. Yeah. All right, we're hoping for a Scorigami this week in New England. <laughs> We're going to be talking the rest of the NFL on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adopted by this new human person. And I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. Okay, so something as simple as walking around the block? He's got this leash thing he puts on me, and I'm just taking him around. Now, I think he's afraid of getting lost without the leash and me guiding him along, and I don't think he could find his way back home without me. But, I gotta admit, it's kinda cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolesson.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Are you worried about emergency medical services in and around Durham? Don't worry. 
McGregor Memorial EMS is there for you. McGregor EMS is the primary 911 service for the community and have been for the past 50 years. They have seasoned EMS professionals and advanced life support team and the necessary pieces of equipment for any situation. They also have ongoing education and training services as well. If you have questions or want to learn more, stop by 47 College Road in Durham, New Hampshire, or online at www.mcgregorems.org. This message was brought to you by McGregor Memorial EMS and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. I know you. You're perfect. I mean, you never tell me that. You're humble and perfect. You like everyone, even your untidy roommate's weird ferret. <laughs> but wait, are you texting and driving? No, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Texting while driving makes good people look bad. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. This message is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the Ad Council, and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH, Durham. Have you ever used a power drill to eat an orange? <laughs> I didn't think so. You have to use the right tool for the job. An antibiotic is the wrong tool to treat viruses, including colds and flu. Antibiotics are only needed for a certain bacterial infection. When they aren't needed, antibiotics won't help you, and the side effects could still be harmful. Ask your healthcare professional when an antibiotic is the right tool and when it's not. Visit cdc.gov forward slash antibiotic dash use. A message from the CDC and your friends at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolesson.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Hello, Talking Calendar. What does my schedule look like for the rest of the week? Next Thursday, you'll be caught in an emergency flash flood. What? No, that doesn't work. I'm busy that day. Can you decline that? Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead, but you can. It starts by talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. Don't wait. Communicate. Get started today at ready.gov forward slash plan. This message is brought to you by FEMA, the Ad Council, and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Studio here on a Friday. My name is Cam Beal alongside Jack Riley, Jared Roboto, Dom Ratliff, and Connor Hall here for the final show of the this fall semester in 2019. We've been talking, we talked Cowboys first half hour. We've been talking Patriots for about 40 minutes. We're just past the two o'clock hour right now. We're going to jump into the rest of the NFL. 
um, on a guy who I'm not not necessarily so fond on in the logjam of that is the AFC South guy by the name of Ryan Tannehill. Mm. Familiar with him here over in the AFC East. Stunk it up over in Miami for about eight years. Now he's in Tennessee. Finally gets another shot after the worst player in the NFL, Marcus Mariota, finally gets benched. And Tannehill is now is he five and one as a starter. Yeah, they were like yeah. two and four before he got in. Now he's five, and then they went. They've been five and one since he's taken over. And we were talking about it a little during the break. I know Jack and Jared are both very high on Ryan Tannehill right now. So, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of his season? What do you think holds for him in the off season? Well, what are your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill right now? Um, well, so I think it could it could be a fluke. So, but like you think based based on what we've seen, I mean, he is. He's so good. Like right now, that man, that, he's Christ, unstoppable. Jack. I mean, he has his rating for the year is one thirteen. He's only thrown four, he's twelve touchdowns to four picks. He's he's played in six games. He's already has sixteen hundred passing yards. Don't tell me you're taking the cheese on this, Jack. I mean, in that like in the context of the, like he's so he's more than functional. He's winning them games. He won them that Chiefs game. They beat the Chiefs. I mean, they'd be in a couple good teams, and I mean they. The, the combination of it's not him on the whole but the combination of him and having the power run game with Derrick Henry like that is just it's working so well and like I think that could be I mean they're going to win that division I think uh, not when they'll be a playoff team but obviously the Texans are going but like they're, they're going to make it because um, as I did to side, sidetrack just a slight moment a couple weeks ago I think last time Jared was here I did I did apologize because I shamed him a little bit uh, I'm going to retract that apology. The Raiders know. suck. The, the Raiders are so bad. I'm retracting my apology on that one. That, that, oh, oh, but I mean, it's so like the Raiders are, the Raiders are out. So the, so the, um, that opens up a spot for, for the Titans. I mean, they're, they're seven and five right now. I think, I mean, in the AFC, like they're not a, th- they're not a threat. Who's the wild card right now? Is it the Steelers? The Bills and, and the Steelers. Okay. I think, I think they're going to get in. Yeah, I think you're getting fooled on Ryan Tannehill, to be honest. That's the kid who bought um, into Nick Foles. I think this is definitely... <laughs> I think this is a fluke. No, no, this is a fluke. I'm telling you right now. He's, if anyone's seen it before, it's you. This fool has not been trash for eight years <laughs> to randomly just start popping yes, off for no reason. It's definitely a fluke. He's feeling well, it. Well, I said it could be a fluke. It's like a homecoming feeling for him, you know. Homecoming? He's, <laughs> he's feeling good, you know. He's chilling, but it's not going to keep up. This is someone you're going to sign for next year. Keep him until you find someone better. He's I. That's it. He's I. Yeah. He's I. He's a bri- he's a bridge guy. Exactly. But yeah. he's he's good, right? Like right now, right the now? role he's okay. on. Like if we're talking about right now. Yes. That's him. What, I'm not saying I'm starting my, my franchise with them. No, no, I know that. But like once you had to ask me which one it was him and Dak, and I'm like, but yeah, I would I would just. Slow it down with the Tannehill talk. Pump the brakes. That's all. Yeah, pump the brakes. I mean, he's been he's been a freight train. The guys, the, he's out there, literally life and limb diving over the. Like he's just he's possessed right now. He's playing like I just I can't. Like, he's just he's right now he's unstoppable, Ryan Tannehill. Like, and I never thought I'd say it, and it's totally a fluke. It's totally a fluke. Like, it, it might be sustainable for the remainder of this year. They might sweep into the playoffs, but I mean, you can't you can't deny what he. That, that may be the best, the most underrated story in the NFL right now. Uh, so. 
two things. One, I want to talk about the Raiders comment. I said if I wanted to see them. I wanted well, to they see. They smell, man. No, yeah, no. I know. This well before I wasn't here last week, but I said that they need to beat the Bengals convincingly, and then they beat them by a touchdown. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and like, then they lost. They scored seventeen to ten, the worst defense in the league, and they scored. Then they scored three against the Jets. Yeah, so I so <laughs> they after, lost forty to nine against Kansas. After, they took the game off TV. In Romo, they never they, do that. They flipped it to the Chargers and Broncos. <laughs> yeah, but after watching that full game, I watched the whole Bengals Raiders game. I was <laughs> kind of off the train at that point, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I said they'd be like eight and eight with Antonio Brown. That was in, put in writing. <laughs> What's the record right now? They're six and six. Yeah, I'd say Antonio Brown gets two more wins. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably not. But. but anyway, on Ryan Tannehill. I like, so specifically for the Titans, I think he's an amazing fit. And I think they... he sucks. <laughs> and so do the Titans. No, I mean, Jack already, men- Jack already mentioned his, like, his quarterback rating this year. He already mentioned how they won games with him at under center. His completion percentage is, like, through the roof. And I know, I don't know if you guys even care about, like, pro football focus or whatever, but... Lamar Jackson, the MVP, has like a 90 pro football focus grade out of 100. Tannehill has an 82. It's it's like he's playing one of as one of the better quarterbacks in the league this year. And for a team that focuses on running the ball like the Titans do, Tannehill's a perfect fit because he doesn't make those stupid mistakes. Like if we look back at the game last night between the Bears and um, Cowboys, but the, the, <laughs> the interception that Trubisky threw... That was just dumb. Like, throw it out of bounds. He literally <laughs> threw it at two Cowboys. Tannehill doesn't make those plays. He's been pretty much perfect for the most part because he throws the ball 20 times a game and completes 18 passes. Tell me something that they're taking the They're taking the ball out of his... Like, they're not letting him make the mistake. Exactly. With, with Derrick Henry, you know, they have... You know, they have a couple receivers outside. You know, they got Humphreys. They have Davis. You know, Delaney Walker. Like, they have... Enough weapons to be functional, which is what I think Cam was screaming about all season before they took Mariota out, is they're a good team if they have a quarterback. And now they have the quarterback, and Cam's just, like, looking down upon him as if he's, like, like I what do and, you want? Well, got, and you have to remember that Ryan Tannehill was also a first-round pick he's got the t- as a quarterback, but he also started his college career as a wide receiver. And then moved really? back. Yeah, and then moved to quarterback. So if you think about it, he really only had – he had very little experience – in terms, because I think he played quarterback in high school, but he had very little experience playing quarterback against like professional, collegiate, those types of defenses. So, granted, I'm not saying it's like, oh, he he's learned everything now. Well, he's, he's in a good spot. Yeah, that's what I mean. So. He he doesn't have anything to lose right now. He kind of has like the Fitz magic effect of whatever. Let's huck it. It's handed off to Derrick Henry. Take the deep shots. You saw it last week when he did it to Humphreys, right, on the deep bomb. But he was also kind of injured towards the end of his tenure with Miami, and their head coach, the head, his head coach during that tenure was Adam Gase, who we all the quarterback whisperer. Yeah, we all. I think we can agree between all of us that he kind of smells. But he worked with Peyton. But he worked kind of smells. Manning. He does smell. Yeah, he did work with Peyton. He Manning, worked though. with Peyton Manning. Yeah, when he was thirty-five and already and had prob- and knew more had than eight all pro receivers. <laughs> yeah. So, what Tannehill is for the Titans right now, I think it's perfect, and I'm definitely buying it 
in on it because it's I don't think the Titans are going to be like, you know what, Tannehill, we've made the playoffs now. Six years, $140 million. Like, that's not going to happen. But if they franchised him, gave him $20 million for this year, didn't sign him to a contract like the Jaguars did, Nick Foles, draft a quarterback in the first round like Justin Herbert, something like that, to give. So see what you have, you what you actually have in Tannehill. Because there are such things as late bloomers, and quarterbacks are playing longer and longer in this league. Drew Brees, how old is he? 40, 40, 41, like Brady's 40. Yeah, Brady's 42, and Roethlisberger plans on coming back next year after Terry. No shot, that guy can stay healthy for another year. Yeah, exactly. But, like, guys are coming back. And Roethlisberger, I know you just said he can't stay healthy, but look at what shape he's in. It's not great. It's not like like Tannehill's woofing down in and out every (laughs) five seconds. I guess coming into this conversation, Jack brought, brought me into this earlier when he said, I was dumping all over the Titans all year. I said if they get a good quarterback, they're a decent team. I guess we kind of, I had a different, when we came into this conversation, I was kind of envisioning, what do you guys, because you said you liked him. I thought you meant for like the future, not necessarily. Oh, God, no. Okay. Not no, yet at no, least. No, we're, yeah, we're, I don't think. He's worth a flyer. I don't think Jack or I are saying that it's like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I can see him with three Super Bowl rings. On yeah, so, so that kind of clears it up. I thought you yeah. meant like he was the guy moving forward. He, he, he could be. That's that's, oh, that's see, my that, take. That's on it. It's like he might be, but why not just take a chance on it? I mean, he's playing this, this well for the team yeah. right now. This is the prime, the prime of his career. He's only he hasn't been in the league his that ninth long. Season is the prime of his career. I mean, yeah, like he's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you saw Alex Smith was a bust originally and became a functional, good, good quarterback, like lowercase G, good quarterback. Good. Yeah, and Tannehill definitely at least with his arm. Like, he can't move as much, but. Like he, he can move. Yeah. I mean, some of those, he's ran for a couple big touchdowns. I mean, I, I think that's also, too, as you can see. I think that really, I mean, because you had out there, you had Mariota just like afraid of his own shadow. Kinda. And the fact that Tannehill's leaping over the goal line, getting crushed <laughs> on both sides. And scoring he's got nothing like, to lose. Like that, that's, that's, he did get a, didn't he get a, he got a huge contract from the Dolphins. Or, like they gave him a big. Hey, I think he did. He did get money from that. I'll look it up in a sec. Yeah. But um, I, was I mean, at, you can't. I think fact, he got like you a, can't bet against. He got like a five-year, hundred million dollars. You can't bet really the quarterback with a kid named Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just looked up his age and that's ballers. Children, Steel Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Steel Tannehill. <laughs> Steel Tannehill. I like it. Got to respect oh, it. That's almost as good as uh, what's Curry's kid's name? Cannon. Cannon Curry. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I was like. I was looking Dom at knows. <laughs> I was looking at Tannehill's stats last night, and his eight years in Miami, his numbers were comparable to Kyle Orton's eight-year career, an eight-year stretch with Jay Cutler, and an eight-year stretch with David Garrard, who were all at one point man, functioning, or, like no. functioning quarterback. Not Orton. Well, except that one time, um, for there was a little bit of a flash before before Tebow came in, but I mean, Garrard went to didn't Garrard go to an AFC conference? I, I think yeah, so, so did Blake Bortles they, yeah so yeah I mean Blake Bortles so, did too yeah Blake but, Foles won a Super Bowl okay <laughs> shut up Connor <laughs> Jimmy two rings Garoppolo god alright so it seems like that's the end of Tannehill or the, <laughs> at least the end of the Tannehill talk today <laughs> quite the opposite um, so we're gonna move ahead look at kind of the NFL as a whole and we've done these power rankings many a time on this show, but we're going to do one one final one before before you have a month break from us. 
So we're going to do top five teams in the NFL power rankings. Is anybody ready to go? Dom, you ready? I am ready. Dom's still here. We are doing full NFL, yes, right? Yes, full NFL. The Chiefs can be included if you okay. if you choose. All right. Number five, I'm going with the Pats. What? <laughs> what? A little whimper in the corner from Connor. <laughs> That's, that's like a bear. Dog. That's like a bear. Dog. He stepped on his tail. <laughs> that might be high. That might be high. Number four, we're going to go Seattle. Number three, Saints. Two Niners, one Ravens. I think that's fair. I remember you guys were clowning all over me when I used to put the Ravens in my top five. Oh, I did not. Look at us now. I did not. You if anything, you weren't until, a believer you in the Ravens. I roll until I say that the Niners were going to be good. You put Kyle out in your top five quarterbacks. Because I was the last one to go, and everyone had the same exact top five. Right, no, nobody forced you to <sighs> say that. <laughs> well, it's good radio. All right. <laughs> Our <laughs> listeners appreciate it. <laughs> um, Connor, you ready? All right. At five... I'm going to have the Seahawks. Okay. Four, Pats. Three, I'm going to do Chiefs. Chiefs? Yep. Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs. Oh, boy. Oh, brother. <laughs> what? Two, I'm going to do um, uh, Saints and then Ravens at one. Did you leave the Niners out of there? I did. You bum. <laughs> You're just bitter. Wow. Wait, was it the same? You just took out Niners, put in the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. and I uh, squawked the other Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. the same. <laughs> All right, Jared, what do you got? We really should have done conferences. These are all going to be the same. <laughs> yeah, they are probably all going to be the maybe, same. Maybe we'll throw um, in the AFC after. So, for number five, I would probably go with the 49ers. Number Four, I'll go with the, uh, uh, yeah, I'll go with the Pats at four. Seahawks at three. Um, s- or actually, I'm going to switch it up. Saints oh at three, Seahawks at two, and then Ravens at one. Say so, so it one more time. So, number five, 49ers. Number four, Patriots. Number three, Saints. Number two, Seahawks. Number one, um, Ravens. I think I had the same exact list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jack. I've got... Jack's been cringing at all the Patriots yeah, being in the yeah. top five. I didn't like that. I didn't like that one, Jared. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I've got Chiefs five, Seahawks four, Saints three, Niners two, Ravens one. Case and point. I mean, that makes sense to me, but the, re- the reason the Patriots are in my top five is because it's like, I can't... <laughs> Like, I literally can't stomach betting against yeah. that. Yeah, you can't. That's why it's... Not like, Dom's history argument, the, the, the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's like... A, like, I can't no, go I against... I can't go against them. Like I said, I picked them to win this weekend against the Chiefs. Yeah. Jared, did you have Patriots 5, 49ers 4? Uh, 49ers 5, Patriots Okay, four. I had the same list. I just flipped those yeah. two, so I'm not even going to go through mine. Jack, you're one to talk about bad radio segments you're the one that came up with this morning because <laughs> you asked for more i said i needed more and you said let's like, just do another power ranking like power ranking <laughs> <laughs> all right jesus jack <laughs> how is it my fault i hate you <laughs> so we're gonna move in on uh a segment we've kind of implemented the last like yes. two three weeks i think underdog of the week um i'll, I'll start i'll start this one hey, give go- us an opinion yeah, yeah let's, let's, i'm let's going Tennessee's favorite two and a half against Oakland. I'm going with Oakland in this one because wow. Oakland has lost two games in a row three times this year, and each time that's happened, they've come back to win at least two in a row right after. 
So I'm going Oakland plus two and a half against Tennessee. Dom, who's your underdog this week? All right, my underdog. We're going to uh, South Beach, Miami. Is a five point, five and a half point underdog against the uh, New York Football Jets. <laughs> The uh, New York football Jets. Yeah, I know. Sure not I know it's the Giants, but um, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Dolphins to at least cover the spread. Yeah, maybe win that. Who else is ready? I'll go. Um, taking Panthers over Falcons. Nice. You may want to. I don't have the lines up. Throwing <laughs> my phone around. <laughs> Jack, you've had this since this morning. What do you got? <laughs> uh, no comment. Uh, I, I, yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Jack's favorite thing in the fine. world is not being right. Saints favored by two and a half at home against the Niners. Taking the Niners? Yes. I was tempted to take the um, the Bills at plus six and a half over Baltimore, but I'm not going <laughs> to do that. That's who Kevin took on Monday. This one is going oh, no, to... He, he locked the Bills. He didn't. Even, <laughs> it wasn't even an underdog. Kevin locked the Bills. This one's going to be really gross. You okay. want to get greasy? Yeah, let's get... <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Let's <laughs> get slippery. Right. The New York Giants heading to Philadelphia. They're gonna oh, they're gonna cover the spread with Eli. Right? What's half, the spread? Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah, I can see. That. They just they Eagles just lost the, Monday Night Eli. Eagles just lost the Dolphins. Carson Wentz looks horrible. The receivers are banged up. Their defense isn't good. Revitalized Eli. Th- there's no way that he goes into Monday that game night, not trying. It's supposed yeah, to exactly. rain Monday night too. Yeah. Rain is in the We're finally going to get there a decision on if Eli Manning's a winning or a losing quarterback in I, his career. I could probably throw in the under for this game at 46 if it's going to be raining. Yeah. Wentz, Wentz and Eli Rain or shine. In. 46. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my pick. Okay. And we, so we're going to move ahead to the lock of the week. This doesn't necessarily have to be a team winning or losing. You can lock it over. You can lock it under. And I'm going to lock the under in the Cincinnati at Cleveland game. It's set over under set at 42 points. Which I think is, I think it shouldn't be set more than 15. Dalton looked pretty good last week. So, did Dalton play last week? Yeah, they won. When did he, when's he, since when has he been playing again? Last week. Oh, okay. 1 0. 1 0 since being benched. But, um, so I'm taking under 42 points at Cleveland. So we're doing, we're locking over and under, right? You can lock anything you want. There's just one thing certain to happen this week cover, cover, spread, and over, under, team winning. All right. Um, <laughs> Come back. To Is me anybody ready? Um, I'm gonna. I was just saying, I'm gonna lock in the uh, the Vikings over the Lions. Seems pretty easy. <laughs> Not exactly going. Can't on go very wrong. <laughs> I don't know the exact the Packers over Redskins. If you don't have anything, I don't know. Be a game. I don't know the exact stat of it. But last time I checked, the Bucks were like nine. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were like nine and two when it came to hitting the over. And nice. the, the over-under this week is 47 at home against the Colts. I They might put up 40. Yeah, I that's I think the over for that is a lock and a half. Unless Brissett can't score. Unless Brissett can't score against the worst, um, worst pass defense in the league. I know Nick Foles couldn't do it <laughs> last week, but... Last week, but thank you. Either YouTube clouds come up with something, yeah. No. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, um, I'm gonna take Packers over uh, Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> over under 42. <laughs> we're 
we're feeling risky in the studio. Today. Yeah. Um, yep. There you yeah, go. The Vikings over. Who are the Vikings playing? <laughs> the Vikings over the Lions. The Packers right. over the Redskins. I don't know. Get a load of this. Or blow is going to play either. Get a load of this one. I'm locking the Cardinals to beat the Steelers at home. I, I thought about this one. I thought about this for the underdog. Yeah. Oh, I, Mer- I picked the Cardinals last week. The Cardinals are gritty. Did not not against the Rams last week. They weren't. Oh yeah, that was bad. That's like 43. Something like that. So I'm locking the over in Cleveland. Jared's locking the over with Tampa. Jack's got Minnesota over Detroit. Connor's got Packers over Redskins. And Dom has, you just said it, but Cardinals over Steelers. Cardinals over Connor, Steelers. Connor, we, we got this. <laughs> and with that being said, we should gonna, keep track of this. We should. Uh, next up, next semester, we'll get a whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that being said, we're going to head into one of our final breaks to, coming up on 2.30 right now. We're going to be talking... A little MLB, a little... Maybe we'll squeeze some Bruins in for Jack if we have time. I'm Cam Beal, and we'll be right back. Quick question. What is new in the U.S. every two seconds and where one person can save three people's lives? It's a simple answer. Blood. To find out more information about eligibility or how and where to donate, go to redcrossblood.org. This message was brought to you by the Red Cross and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Hey, didn't you always want to be a teacher? Yeah, but now that I have my bachelor's degree in math, I'm just not sure what my next step is. You should check out TREE. TREE, or the Teacher Residency for Rural Education, is a 15-month teaching certification and master's degree program for people who desire to become elementary or secondary math or science teachers for students in rural high-need schools in New Hampshire. For more information, visit cola.unh.edu TRRE. This message has been brought to you by the UNH Department of Education and your friends at WUNH Durham. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, or an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222, anytime, anywhere. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH, Durham. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adopted by this new human person, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. Okay, so something as simple as walking around the block? He's got this leash thing he puts on me, and I'm just taking him around. Now, I think he's afraid of getting lost without the leash and me guiding him along, and I don't think he can find his way back home without me. But, I gotta admit, it's kinda cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. 
Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolesson.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM WUNH Durham. Are you worried about emergency medical services in and around Durham? Don't worry. McGregor Memorial EMS is there for you. McGregor EMS is the primary 911 service for the community and have been for the past 50 years. They have seasoned EMS professionals and advanced life support team and the necessary pieces of equipment for any situation. They also have ongoing education and training services as well. If you have questions or want to learn more, stop by 47 College Road in Durham, New Hampshire or online at www.mcgregorems.org. This message was brought to you by McGregor Memorial EMS and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Eighty-six percent of dads spend more time with their children today than they did with their own fathers. But most fathers agree that they could be more active and involved parents in their children's lives. To find out more, call 1-877-4DAD-411 or visit www.fatherhood.gov for parenting tips, fatherhood programs, and other resources. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Quick question. What is needed in the U.S. every two seconds and where one person can save three people's lives? It's a simple answer. Blood. To find out more information about eligibility or how and where to donate, go to redcrossblood.org. This message was brought to you by the Red Cross and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. studio here on a Friday afternoon at the final show of the semester. I'm your host, Cam Villiers, with the Wild Chat Sports. I'm alongside Jack Riley, Jared Roboto, Dom Ratliff, and Connor Hall. We, we've been talking football most of the way the first hour and a half, just past 2.30 right now. We've got about 25 minutes to go, about, about 15, 20 minutes before we get to our final thoughts and our, very, our well-anticipated final segment of the semester, our worst takes. But we're going to get into some MLB right now. The the hot stove, the stove's starting to heat up a little bit in the MLB. We saw a trade last night. Tommy Pham sent from Tampa Bay to San Diego in exchange for Hunter Renfro and I, I forget the guy's name. The fifth, the Padres' fifth overall prospect, which mind-bogglingly stupid trade for the Padres. I mean, I guess like if you want to win now, which is what Jack said during the break, I guess it's fine. But a 32-year-old player who hit like 270 last year and you're giving up your fifth prospect in 
Uh, Hunter Renfro is not great, but he hits home runs. He had like 33 last year. In San Diego. Yeah, not a great look for the Padres. But around the rest of the league, we've seen the biggest contract shelled out so far. Zach Wheeler to the Phillies for $23 million. Seen Yasmani Grandal for 18 to the White Sox. And Atlanta's been making a lot of moves. They got Will Smith for $13 million. They got Cole Hamels for 18. They got Travis Darno and Love that Hamels. Darren O'Day. So, Jack, Jared, what are your thoughts on the MLB free agency pool as a whole right now? The Tommy Pham trade last night, Red Sox, thought, thoughts on any of it? So, I would start to say that the Phillies are, went from a team that I kind of was rooting for, had been for, Not so much. Had been for a little while, and I just, that, that is just a, that is a dumb Brutal. move. That's a dumb move. Like, Wheeler's just simply not that good. Like, he's fine. He's He he has shown potential, but, I mean, he's been in the league for this point. He's been in the league for a while. Like, six years. Like, there was that point where they were going to, the Mets were going to trade him, and then, like, the whole Wilmore Flores was, like, crying in the, the oh, dugout. Yeah. That, that whole thing happened. So that that was just, that was, and the, the, the Phillies are desperate for starting pitching, but there are so many starter pitchers that I think would fit the Phillies better on this market. Like, I thought like maybe a Cole Hamels reunion would have worked, or I mean at this point it's like someone like like a Keuchel. Like there are so many guys that are just still like, a lot of guys out there. Right now, now they've t- now they're, they're like they have their they have their ace. Like they have Nola, they have Arietta who's yeah, Arietta. yeah they have Arietta who's fine. He's like a three. Like they just need another like veteran guy that's like you know slot somewhere between Nola and oh, like Bumgarner Arietta. and Keuchel. And Bumgarner like would have been perfect. Yeah. Like and you go out and you give. Probably the worst, of, not, the least accomplished of the lot. Maybe the the most upside left. Like I don't know. Young Jin is a free agent. Yeah, I, I'm not big on him, but I know he had a really good year. Um, so that that was just that was that was tough. And they've already that team is just so handicapped because they have so many. Let alone they have the Harper contract. They have Segura money. They're paying Robertson. They're paying Arietta for another year. Like they're 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 they didn't know where to go. That team. So that's I guess Arietta coming off the books next year like might negate that, but. Whatever. Um, I'm also not really big on the White Sox with the whole Yasmani Grandal um, big contract. And who is this? 18 million. Guy. Is he that good last year? Apparently, he's like the best pitch framer, like all that Jeez. stuff. He does mash too, so he's pretty good. But they also signed them. Who did they sign? They signed the second guy. Um, yeah, but but like, they're spending reckless amounts of money, um, which just makes no sense because none of them are a guy that's actually going to really change it. Like, Grandal will make them better, but. How much? Like three games? I don't think they signed anybody else. And so, or they were in on Wheeler. That's what okay, it was. yeah. And it's like there are so many guys out there. It's like why is like why are these guys coming off of the market before like Bumgarner, oh, they, they Castellanos? Re- like they are really good. They re up Jose Abreu. That's what that's it was. What it was. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I don't know the guys, the teams that have made moves. I want everyone to make like I think we all are in agreement. We want like the spot. Like we want stuff to happen. Yeah. Unlike the past couple of years, the last, the last two years are. But every, I feel like almost everywhere I look, they're the, all the moves being made. I don't like like yeah, no. the the big moves. Like I, I like a lot of what uh, Atlanta's going to lose Donaldson, and I I don't buy in a so? lot. He's going to. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay him what. Yeah, Jared, you have like, <laughs> like he's old. He's Based like, on how much money they gave out at Donaldson, like can't really come back. I don't think. Yeah, and I don't think he's worth it in the long run. Like he's gonna want a multi-year deal. Like three years. Yeah, like that's a bit much. Like, I think they're wiser spending it in the bullpen and with pitching. Like Hamels is basically gonna replace Keuchel. Like, I think even with Keuchel, they need like another guy. So like maybe if somehow they get Keuchel, like they, they need another guy. But I think Hamels is a good move. I like Will Smith there. 
um, to add to Melanson. Like they, they've got a good bullpen moving forward. Um, so like there's it's it's hit and miss. One it's other thing I've been hearing from Atlanta. And the other thing is I, re- I actually sneaky like the Mike Moustakas to the Reds. Yeah, oh, I, I'm a big Moustakas guy, so I I love that move for the Reds. But other than that, Jack's right. There hasn't really been anything that moved the needle for me. Um, like Grandal is. Uh, he's good, but I don't really know how good the White Sox are going to be. Wheeler, I don't really like. It just reminds me, he's a more talented Nathan Avaldi that they signed for longer, yes. because mm-hmm. he's had injury issues. He has been he has been healthy for the last two seasons, but with the pitcher that has had Tommy John, you can't be confident in the fact that he's going to go out there and give you thirty starts again. I've kind of compared him to like Clay Buckles in the past like Ooh, he's, that he's, one's tough he's somewhere a lot but he's in that i guess yeah. very talented never really quite broke through yes yeah all right and yeah. I, I thought you were saying in yeah. terms of like injuries no, I was no, like, no very no, different. if he that's <laughs> zach wheeler's never <laughs> i slept wrong <laughs> out for six months um running the bases <laughs> oh, that was a tough one too one other team we touched upon earlier a little bit the san diego padres my i, I recently adopted them as my second favorite team about like a month back so, Don't do it. So I, I have some vested interest. The, the Mariners are still giving me. They just traded Omar Navarez. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So the Padres, they have they signed Machado last season. Obviously, Fernando Tatis comes up. If he doesn't get hurt, probably it's him or Alonso for NL Rookie of the Year. They have um, Kirby Yates, the pitcher that they have. Yeah. Yep. They should have traded him. He's yeah. not that good. And they go out. They sign and Drew Pomerantz. That's where he was originally, right? Yes. He was in Oakland, San Diego, then Boston. Yeah, the Padres traded him. Here. Yeah, so so they go, they they get Drew Pomeranz. We'll see who he actually turns into this year, and uh, they bring in Tommy Pham. So it looks like the Padres are kind of, the Padres are kind of going all in in this in this short upcoming window. Do you think? Do you think there's another splash to come with the Padres? Do you think Mookie yeah, Betts to the I, Padres? So the I figured that's where the turn was going to go into Red Sox and Mookie, but. I doubt Mookie gets moved. The more I think about it, it the more it doesn't make sense for anyone to pull the trigger on it right now. Think so? So, looking at it, the Red Sox have offered him big contracts before. He's declined the big contracts. He it looks like he's set on going to free agency. So why would it why would a team give up prospects to pay a guy thirty million dollars that might leave next year in free agency? It is baseball, so if you're willing to take the risk, and snatch up Mookie and try and go all in for a World Series this year, fine. But that baseball is the most random of any sport. It's having one of five guys is different than having one of nine guys in 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 baseball specifically. It's more individual. It's like you need everybody to be good. Yeah. It's like everything needs to be clicking. Like we kind of talked about it last year, what went wrong with the Red Sox. There were times where their pitching was good, even though it wasn't for most of the year, and then their offense stunk. And then towards the second half of the season, like when J.D. Martinez started heating up in August and September, it's like, okay, this offense is clicking. But then Rick Porcello would walk out to the mound and give up a grand slam. You know what I mean? It's Good player, Rick Porcello. (laughs) (laughs) And then the bullpen. That's why it doesn't make sense. So are you going to give up? prospects to pay a guy that will leave at the end of the year with no guarantee that you win it's it's like a point you bring up yeah it's (laughs) if something were to happen um it would be similar to the Kawhi thing where a team would give up a proven guy 
like DeMar DeRozan and then maybe a couple mid-level prospects. But then why would the Red Sox do that if they still want to keep him and give him the most money? Yeah, it's not. And they'd be selling low. Yeah, Regardless, exactly. they're selling low either or. Like, yep. he didn't have a good year. Like, great, or a Mookie year. He didn't have, like... Well, I, I don't know. He's, hey, he he didn't dips. hit... Yeah, it's hard to replicate what he did in his MVP season. Yeah. But if he was he, coming off of the MVP season, I think he'd be gone. Yeah. More, more likely he'd be gone. Yeah. Just because the Two demand would like, be higher. If they traded him after... You no, know I'm saying if he had just World had series. the year. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know just had, Yeah, But they wouldn't have traded him coming off the World Series. I think specifically with the Padres, they... I don't, a, I don't know where the money's coming from. Between Machado and Hosmer last year. Oh, I forgot that. Hosmer. They're paying Will Myers. They're paying Will Myers. They give Pomeranz must be eight million a year for Pomeranz. Enthusiastic fans out in San the, Diego. The Don Arcillo impacts. <laughs> but it's just but that, that's honestly the reason they're my second favorite team now. <laughs> so I just don't know where the money's coming from, and I feel like everywhere they're spending it's the wrong place. They're paying Fam more now too because Renfro is only making three. Fam's making like eight or nine. And since since Jake Peavy left there, they haven't had a good starting pitcher. <laughs> like, they just like they had a little like there's their there, was that? I mean, Joey yeah, Lucas over a decade. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they've just they won the sign. It was him and it was him and Chris Young were like a dynamic duo. Um, and Chris Young <laughs> broke his nose and was never the same. You had me thinking about uh, the outfielder Chris Young getting it, getting those at bats for John Farrell. <laughs> Yes, regardless. Rusen Castillo is not getting in the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so they just they should have invest they should be they, they should be out there going like they they could be giving Cole Hamels a one year deal. Eric Heichel two or three years or Bumgardner. Like those that's what they should be doing. And they're paying Pomeranz and they're paying you know, now they're paying fan. What did Pomeranz just on top of it and a half. Hos, like they're already kind of uh porked, I guess, if you will, because Hosmer was horrible last year. That oh, was yeah. year. That was year one. Yeah, he's awful. No, um, was that that year was two. Year two. Year two. And he, he actually was. He, you're right. He was bad um, the first year, but last year he wasn't as bad. And so it's, it's but just, still bad contract. Yeah. So and another contract that I I was reading about during the break that Jack didn't necessarily seem to get. Howie Kendrick back to the Nationals one year, six six and a quarter. Well, right now, the Padres sit at 11 in payroll at $133 million. They're going to lose 90 games. God, 90 games is strong. They don't have any pitching. What was the record last year? Do you have that up? Pull up their starting rotation. Uh, it's going to be... I feel mean, like they were like middle of the road. like Not middle of the road. But like, I, they still have Clayton I, Richard? I, my guess is going to be like 73 wins. Last right. season... Let's see. Big reveal. Drum roll. Good radio. Um, yep. Bad watch. Right. I got the breaking news sounder. <laughs> breaking news the Padres won 17 games last year. Oh my God. They fired their manager too, didn't they? Yep. <laughs> well, they got those sweet new uniforms, Jack. Last year they went 70 and 92. Oh. And they haven't gotten any better. They spent all that, like, Drew Pomeranz isn't going to change up, Mild upgrade for Brent Frodo. They will be better just based on the fact that, like, if Tatis is Fernando there, Tatis the whole year. Well, they can't get to much, much worse than... Machado yeah, wasn't Machado was really bad at the start of that year, too. Mm-hmm. He was but awful. even then, like, he was playing at an elite level in Baltimore, and they were losing 100 games there. Like, Machado, yeah. will, like, they... To Jared's point, the the one, those guys, they don't do anything. Like, they, 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 they move the needle, they make you better, but, like, they're not going to actually, like qualitatively just make you know it's not the sport where you're gonna jump by accident. yeah exactly 
And so we've seen... What's it, like, you have the rotation pulled up? Oh, uh, no, you're looking at Adrian Gonzalez. No, there. sorry. <laughs> Even I, better. Well, no, I was looking at the... Um, it's like their all-time top 24 players by war. And, like, they're Is 20... that PV at three? Yeah, that's PV at three. And then, but, like, their last guy, 24, Will Venable. <laughs> and it's like... But I like them, though. It's good. Yeah, but shouldn't be that, like, high. Um, so. Yeah, but anyway, when it comes to the Padres, they're going to spend money stupidly like they have. P.U. Um, Mookie isn't going anywhere, and I expect the Red Sox to try and dump money off somewhere else. Mainly, I think Jackie, even though they're tendering his contract, probably going to get $11 million, I think Jackie Bradley's gone. Oh, hopefully. But, yeah, they have it. Even if they tender his contract, they have a deadline where they can cut ties with him and pay him nothing or pay him just for the first, first month of the season. And $11 million for a defensive center fielder. Um, you can you can pick up a guy on the scrap heap and do what Jackie Bradley does offensively and, and have that outweigh what he does defensively, exactly. in my opinion. Like, how many balls are actually hit his way? And Ben Attendee and Mookie are both Gold Glove finalists every year. Like, one of them will take over and second, can, it'll yeah, be fine. If you're not, yeah, like I, we just mentioned, if Mookie's not going to go, just move him over to center yeah, field. Exactly. He can but other than that, the hot stove is kind of cool right now. I, yeah, none, of the, none of the real big names gone yet. It's hard because they're still in like the they're in this weird phase because over the last two years the contracts haven't been as big. The players have been waiting and waiting and waiting. Like when did um, JD signed <laughs> and like he signed when the team was already at spring training. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, so it's it's like February deals. Yeah. Same thing with Bryce Harper, Machado, all of them. Yeah, so... Yeah, we still have Garrett Cole still out there, obviously, Strasburg. There's McDonald's there's going to be, like, a uh, collective bargaining. Yeah. There's probably going to be a strike at some point, yeah, in my probably. opinion, just because you see, like, how the owners are working compared to the players, and there really isn't a ton of communication to get deals done early on and at what price that the players think that they should be valued. Yeah. And with that being said, we're going to head into our second-to-last segment of the of the afternoon, our final thoughts. Oh, there it is. Uh, Dom and Connor are still here, by the way, so we're going to start with them on this. They've had a lot of time to prepare. They're going to baseball segment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we didn't, get to, we didn't get to it today, but we'll just check in on the... On Ray J? No. Is he sunglasses? <laughs> no. Does he make sunglasses now, too? Yeah, I'll yeah. send you the tweet. I know he makes airbuds, uh, <laughs> earbuds. No, I was just uh, checking on the Celtics, sitting in first in the, I mean, second in the Eastern Conference at 15 and 5, just below the Bucks at 19 and 3. Looking pretty good as of recent. Jalen Brown looks pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's looked good so far. Hopefully, they can keep it up, but I'm uh, looking forward to hearing Connor's take. Yeah, All right, so it's not about well, it is about sports actually. It's about sports, but um, esports actually. Oh, so um, <laughs> I'm really big into the COD scene actually. Call of Duty—that's what COD means. So one of my favorite streamers not on Twitch.tv, Tupac underscore Thug Lord, just got signed to Huntsman, NRG competitive team. Shout out to him. You can catch COD League starting January 24th. You can go on Twitch.tv, Call of Duty uh, World League, watch it, give some support. Call of Duty's back on the rise, and yeah. All right, Connor. And um, I'm going a different direction. I'm talking about sports, <laughs> actual sports. And 
<laughs> and um, I don't know if you guys saw this. I was told about this at lunch before the show today. The wide receiver that was catching for Colin Kaepernick at his workout got signed by the Washington Redskins. <laughs> and it wasn't even Bruce Ellington. Jordan Vesey, a wide receiver out of Cal Berkeley in 2018, got signed to the Redskins practice squad, and Colin Kaepernick is yet to be contacted by a team. All right, my final thought is going to be on Adam Vinatieri. Um, so he's already been ruled out this weekend with a knee injury. The Colts claim Chase McLaughlin off waivers from the 49ers to be their Ruin kicker their this week. <laughs> but the thing I wanted to get to about Vinatieri is they, I feel like they're just prolonging it for no reason, no good reason, because no, it's not like it's all. not like he's particularly good. Can't really hit very many far field goals. He's Ichiro. Yeah, it literally is like Ichiro. And what are they, like, if Vinatieri comes back healthy, they're probably going to run, like, two kicker sets. <laughs> it's like McLaughlin. Well, they've run really one. interesting special team yeah. plays before <laughs> over there in Indy. Great punt for me. <laughs> whaling out there. Um, oh, my. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll just continue. It's going to be probably a very, um, you know, not great for the last you know, final thought, but I found the Padres starting rotation. Oh, beautiful. Uh, six starters qualified from last year. Um, Joey, how do you say it? Luke, Luke Casey had a, he was their number one star. He had a 418 ERA. Eric Lauer had a 445 ERA. Uh, Cal Quantrell had a 516 ERA. Uh, Denelson Den- Lamette had a 407 ERA. Chris Paddock uh, was a 333 ERA. He's good. Um, and Nick of uh, Vargavikas had uh, yes. he went he went two and six with a six seven nine ERA. Those are my San Diego Padres. Yeah, and they are spending money on anything but that. So it was it was that bad. I thought, like I was like, hey. yeah. And that does it for the final thoughts. I also had Gary Rich. <laughs> but we have one final segment before we close it up for the semester. We're going to be recapping our worst takes of the semester and. Boy, oh boy, is Dom featured on this list a lot. <laughs> no, I am not. We're featured the same amount of times, right. and one of mine isn't even a take. Dom, I can cut your, I can cut your mic right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to start at the bottom. I don't know, we have like eight, maybe. This is one I just added in the middle of the show. I think it had to be added for Jack and I. I think Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. There's I, still time. Uh, there's still oh, time. Come on. It's still time, but it's not looking good if for us right Dak, now. If that was Dak, he would have... Coming in at number seven. Oh, let me count these. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, we have eight. It's so coming in at number seven. Me and Dom, week three, picking the Cowboys to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. The reason this one's so low what is a, because it was in week three. What a time. Week three now. Coming in at number six, we have uh, the in the ALCS this year. The Yankees were up three to two, and Jack told me before that game, he said the Yankees are undefeated with Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup. They're going to win tonight, and they were promptly popped from the playoffs. They got crushed that evening. Next, we got back to back ones for me at five and four. Uh, a few weeks back, I forgot. May I? Twenty twenty is going to be Giancarlo Stanton's year. Uh, sure, well, let me tell you. I, I forgot he played baseball. But um, I think this was probably around like this mid season. We did these ratings on teams. I know you loyal listeners will remember we uh, with our rating system. But I gave the Steelers a zero at that point have since surged back into the wild card picture, and I gave the Eagles an eight. <laughs> Not great looks for me. I think and that was also the same week that Jared and Kevin argued about the Chargers. I, that was the exact same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the dumbest argument. Because I was, like, trying to explain. I was like, 
the Chargers can't run the ball right now. Why do you expect them to be good? I gave them they, a zero. Phil Brevers is like 40 years old throwing it to the other team, and the Chargers can't run. They're going to start Tyron Taylor. another Brooklyn Nets situation. They're going to start Tyron Taylor. I think I gave the Falcons a higher rating than I did the Steelers. <laughs> I gave the Falcons like a three, I think. Dan Quinn. Or save Dan tilt. Quinn's job. The tilt. Um, and then the the top three all featured Dom in some form or fashion. <laughs> no, coming Buckle into number three. This was just a few weeks ago. Week 10, I believe it was. And I made it clear, this is my heart. This is Week like 10. what I want to happen. <laughs> Week 10. What I, I said, want to happen. Week 10, I said, we're locking in our Super Bowl predictions. We cannot change them until the, until the championship weekend. We all went paths in some version of the Seahawks or Saints. Dom over here. The Chiefs are a valid option, I think. Okay. I, mean, think, I went, think they will be. You went Chiefs out of the AFC. And that That's fine. Sticking strong and... And then the big deal with the Dallas Cowboys coming out of the NFC. Yeah, it looks tough. Back in week 10. Well, the, this was the, recent. The thing now. is, this was the thing is, they will be in the playoffs. So. <laughs> By default. <laughs> Let's they see. Let's if see. Any other division in football, they Let's wouldn't. Let's see. Let's see. They All not. right. Coming in at number two. Not really a take, but something that had to be thrown in there. Dom. Is there any way they can play like, I, you need to play? I, I think this I, wasn't I, I, a I have the sound on my phone. It'll take me too long to find it, though. This was a miscommunication between <laughs> myself and Cam and Jack. All he talks. All he talks. Actually, I, yeah. I ha- I'll pull it up in a second. Um, so, a few weeks We'll back, send you out with this. This was, was early. This was early in the season. Um, well, I'm trying to find the recording. Yeah, on this was like first this three weeks? Was, this is like first quarter of the season. We're doing AFC, uh, no, NFC power ranking. Excuse me. And we all go through. We, we give our power rankings. And um, actually, no, Jack, that won't work. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. We're trying to pull up the sound right now. I'm but um, okay. But um, so we're giving our power rankings for the NFC. We all go around. Uh, we all give NFC teams. There's kind of a given for an NFC power ranking. Dom had an interesting choice at number two. <laughs> he went with the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and I'm trying to pull up the sound right now. But um. Let it be known. I didn't pick the Chiefs. Let it be known. I didn't pick the Chiefs. Obviously, I know Up what teams record. are in what conference. I thought we were... All right, so this is the deal. I thought we were doing the NFL power rankings. And then the other thing After that... The other thing that was weird. The other thing that was After weird. After we all left the Patriots out of... We all left the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, you guys leaving the Patriots out of it. Well, that's and me thinking it was a whole NFL team. thing threw me all off, so I didn't want to put the Patriots in it. For some reason. Talk about and, uh, yeah. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Jack, I don't just... want to do this, but this is like a minute and a half long. I can't sort through that. It's tough. Um, and then coming in at number one, probably the most exciting day in the studio we had this semester. Our boys over here, Connor and Dom, had some interesting thoughts right. on Nick Foles. I was very, very, um, like, light on this. This was not I, me. I, don't I, put this on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, t- right, this me. So, this Connor, Connor and Dom, mostly Connor, but Dom was piggybacking. Yeah. On As Jerry Jones once said, take um, your medicine. The, <laughs> this was back when we were still debating the Dak Prescott-Carson Wentz thing. It was mostly Carson Wentz this day, I think we were talking about. And Connor comes up to me and you know, it starts talking about Nick Foles for some godforsaken reason <laughs> and he starts proposing the idea to me that Nick Foles was better than Carson Wentz yep <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that Super Bowl yep. <laughs> one <Not> that well. <laughs> yeah not not my yeah exactly exactly has got three he's, he's never gonna <laughs> lose that one and um you know what not my best take but you know what I'm gonna stand with it you know Take responsibility for that one. Not the greatest, but love that man. 
also don't think Aaron Jones is going to... Actually, uh, Aaron Jones I'm, is I'm going to try to play this right now. I'm going to try to play this out. We'll see how it works. Yeah, everyone, everyone strap on the headphones. Oh, yeah, so five to one. Um, summer five, I'll go San Francisco. Four. Um, I'll go Dallas. Three. Oh, big drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, four, I'll go Dallas. Um, three, Seattle. Two, Saints. One, Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> Chiefs. NFC power ranking. Oh, brother. <laughs> just the miscommunication oh but yeah sure we'll be back next Wednesday and so I have been Cam Beal alongside Jack Riley Jared Roboto Dom Ratliff and Connor Hall and this has been the fall semester of Wild Chat Sports we won't be back until after the championship weekend for football so we'll be talking Super Bowl next time you hear from us and have a nice weekend From the sweet life of Zach and Cody and the sweet life on Drake Bell here. It's your girl Camille Kostek. Drew McGavin in the house. She nice again. Lay Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is CeeLo Green. To follow at Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. If you Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love.